0: hello there and welcome into yet another episode of just saying sports with jake and sean it is a glorious day in the just saying corner as the final four has been announced well not announced but earned i guess is the way uh, we can put it and uh baseball season has started back up sean Go ahead and say hello to the people and tell them exactly how you feel after Michigan State beating Duke
1: in the Elite Eight. Well, people, I have one word to say to you about how I feel, and that is... Woohoo <laughs> Michigan State defeats Duke by one point in the Elite Eight today, advances on to the Final Four where they will meet Texas Tech. The other game will be Virginia and Auburn. And just to give you guys kind of a throwback to the show that we did on our bracket show, our final four shaped up as Duke versus Gonzaga and Virginia versus Kentucky. Um, Between me and Jake combined, we were one for four, but we will take that one for four in exchange for Michigan State making the final four. So, Jake, I'm going to swing it back to you. How do you feel about this? Well,
0: our Elite Eight picks were actually pretty good. As well, if I'm not mistaken, we had, I believe, six of the seven elite eight teams, correct? Six Um, of the eight, I mean.
1: We had six of the eight, correct. Duke, MSU, Gonzaga, Texas Tech, Kansas, or not Kansas, Kentucky, and Virginia. We missed out on Purdue and Auburn, but that does make the six of eight you had said before. Yeah,
0: but either way, so I I think we did a pretty good job there. But uh, getting us into the Final Four... We always know it's madness. We all, And <clears throat> excuse me, and excuse my voice to all of our listeners, by the way. I've been a little bit under the weather, and the game today is screaming as much as I did that definitely didn't help. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I definitely have a little bit of a strained voice, so bear with me. But, anyways, um, you know, it's always madness. And what we have a a one seed, a two seed, a three seed, and a five seed in there. And uh, yeah, I think most people just like us, hey, I mean, we had three one seeds going into the final four, which every year, it seems like it's easy to slate those. Uh, we thought, you know, that it was a little more clear cut this year, but the tournament has said otherwise. I think some of these teams with Texas tech or, um, you know, Auburn, we talk. I talked very, very highly of Auburn at the very beginning of the bracket show. You know, I thought they were hot. You know, I told you after seeing them in the SEC tournament and then seeing what they were doing. I mean, they're the epitome of hot. Think about who Auburn has gone through to get to this point: Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky. I mean, if you want to talk about the road through the blue bloods, uh, you know, Duke is the only one missing there. Basically,
1: uh, yeah. And I do. I think they mentioned today on the CBS show, uh, the bracket show, that the this Auburn team was the second team ever to beat the combination of Kansas, North Carolina, Kentucky to make a Final Four, make a championship game. The only other one was the Arizona team from many moons ago with Mike Bibby on it, and Auburn joins that status as a team that has accomplished that feat, and they are very hot heading into the Final Four game they have against UVA. So, Jake, we're going to roll right into that. UVA versus Auburn. Do you think Auburn stays hot and advances to the national championship game? I don't. But
0: I think that's just because they had a little bit of sloppy play, it seemed. Uh their guy, man, why is his name escaping me? The little guy is like five foot five. He uh, was Jared Harper? Yeah, Harper. He was he impressed me today. Uh he is so fast. I mean he was like a tum tum Naren, but he actually had a good offensive game.
1: Yeah, he's a tum tum Naren with a jump shot. Yeah,
0: yeah, and able to actually make some make some moves. But anyways, uh he really impressed me and Auburn looks like they're hot. And, and Virginia, I think it's a good matchup uh, for them to get out of the Final Four. But I think Virginia has the superior team. And when it gets to this stage, that's really what matters. The magic isn't always uh, you know, around in the Final Four as much as it is. I mean, we, we've had our experiences as much. We know the, the best teams are the ones who are there and the best teams are the ones who are going to win it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think that Virginia is going to win the game just first glance looking at it. But Auburn could make this interesting because they are a team that on average they 49.5% of their shots are three-point shots, which is nothing new to people who follow college basketball. Auburn is a Hukum and Checkum team and right now they are riding a wave of making those three-pointers. 43.4% of their points come from three-point shots. They are a very effective offense. They're a top uh, seven offense in Campom. They're very hot right now in terms of the games they have played. And I think they're going to make it very interesting with Auburn. But I just like Kyle Guy, Ty Jerome, and DeAndre Hunter a lot more than I like Jared Harper and Bryce Brown for Auburn.
0: Yeah, I mean, like Tony Bennett, this is the first time – this is the crazy part to me is that that's what you think about this Final Four. Michigan State is not only the most experienced team in age wise, uh, but also in you know Final Four experience in general. Texas Tech first appearance in school history. Auburn first appearance in school history. You know, it's been 1984 was the last time Virginia actually made it this deep in the tournament.
1: And thirty-five that's... years, if my math is correct. Thirty-five. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. It's been so it's been thirty-five years since Virginia's even sniffed uh, this level. So it's it that makes for an interesting dynamic to me that it's all kind of fresh legs and Michigan State is the one program that has kind of been there before eight times now under Tom Izzo, which is nothing short of incredible. Uh, we can't really put I you know I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to shortchange that at all, but uh, I think just to do, just the way that Michigan State did it, uh, made it work out. But for, for Virginia, I see Virginia coming out on top even though I don't like uh, the way that their game is played that much, but if they can slow Auburn down and kind of actually play their game, I think that's what's going to be able to uh, give them the upper hand.
1: All right. So, Jake, I will give you first thoughts into the next game, which is Michigan State, our boys, versus the Texas Tech Red Raiders, who have defeated Michigan and Gonzaga in their region in the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight to make the Final Four. What are your first, your first reactions to this matchup? I,
0: you know, I've seen a little bit of Texas Tech, and first, first thing that stands out is just they have great defense. You know, just watching them play yesterday, uh, they had hands all over the court, forcing turnovers left and right. They don't let you get up a good shot. Uh, there was moments, you know, during the Michigan State game today that Duke did a really good job of keeping. Uh, their pressure on the outside and not letting them get to within the three point line and making them play in the small parts of the court, you know, on the, on the, on the out of bounds line, near the baseline, uh, places where there's not a lot of room for offense. Uh, If Texas tech can do that type of stuff, it's really going to throw a wrench in some of the plans that MSU has. Um, I think one of the, you know, the positives for MSU is Cassius Winston. I know that's probably pretty obvious, but he, uh, he, I think he could break those type of defenses and really make open shots. He, he is able to create. He, I think he went nine for 28 was his final stat line in this Elite A game against Duke. You know, I don't think – I hope that there's a better shooting performance than that, but I don't think he's going to have to take 28 shots in a game against Texas Tech. Uh, their, their defense definitely stands out to me, but I think uh, Michigan State, once again, just like Virginia, is the better team and probably will come out on
1: top. So real quick, Cassius Winston did finish um, nine for twenty-three today against Duke, with twenty points and ten re rebu- or ten assists. I'm sorry. Leading into the game against Texas Tech, I do agree with you. I do think Michigan State's going to win, and that is not just me and you being homers. Well, it no, is the no, fact- the
0: hell no. It's I know. No, I no, just no. want to
1: clarify that for all of our listeners. No, the, way, the reason um, I say that
0: is I, you listen to this. If you guys have listened to this podcast. From the beginning of this whole year that we've done this, this is the first time that I, I honestly did not think that Michigan State was going to be in the Final Four.
1: No, we we both we picked against them both in our brackets to lose to yeah. Duke, and today today both of our brackets were destroyed, and I don't think either of us are quite upset about it.
0: Oh, I could care less. And this is yeah, yeah. that was this is the best eat crow situation I've ever had to do.
1: So exactly. So going back to my thoughts on Michigan State, Texas Tech. I do think Michigan State's going to win, and I agree with you that Cassius Winston is going to be the X factor. But When you start really getting into the numbers, you're looking at two teams that are in the top four and effective field goal percentage against. They are two very good defensive teams. Uh, Texas Tech defensive efficiency number is seven spots better than Michigan State's, but when you get down to field goal percentage against and everything, they are very similar. I think this is going to be a very good defensive game. I think Michigan State just has more offense in them. When you look at Cassius Winston, Xavier Tillman, Matt McQuaid didn't really have a great day against Duke, but he had that monster jam, was really a tone setter. I think that him, when you combine that with uh, Aaron Henry coming off the, with him. Xavier Tillman playing fantastic defense. Exactly. I think that Xavier Tillman and Nick Ward, combined could shut down any kind of post presence texas tech has which is going to limit them to shooting threes which is what michigan state wants you to do honestly they have a very good three-point defense a very good two-point defense to be honest not as good as texas tech but michigan state they're going to force you to take those threes if you're texas tech and you have no post presence which pays exactly what tom Izzo wants you to do getting those rebounds getting the long outlet passes and getting into running, which is what Texas Tech is going to get in trouble with with Michigan State if they try to force up threes. Well,
0: yeah, and if you even saw what happened today against Duke, Michigan State got out running with Cassius, and, I mean, Cassius didn't sink a lot of his open shot – or not open, but a lot of his fast-break shots today. But if those shots are falling, you know, there was actually times in that game today that I thought that Michigan State could have been up by 12 or 13 points.
1: No, I agree uh, with you. you know, I think Nick that... Nick Warren
0: Nick Warren had a few missed layups in a row when we could have been on a six or eight point run. You know, Cassius, I think I think at one point they had three shots or four shots at the basket and Cassius had three of them in one possession. And he missed he missed all of them. And it was like, okay, if these shots are fallen, I mean they are dangerous. And I think that's one of those things is why I've always, you know, said something about Virginia too. And I you know, scoring sixty points in the tournament isn't really gonna cut it. The team who's going to score 90 points is going to win most of the time.
1: Uh, it's the race especially- of 69.
0: Yeah, I mean, really, we've always said that, yeah, you know, getting free tacos at 70, like we did back at the Brez, that's really where you got to get to. Uh, you got to get up there and score enough points to, you know, put everybody on their heels because it sh- it's hard in college basketball to keep up if you put up 80 points. It really is. You know, you got to – that means it- everybody's got to be on. Everybody's got to be making shots. But anyways – Um, you know, Michigan State's had their woes left and right. You know, they had they shot bad from free throws in today's game, they you know, but somehow limited. I would they have five turnovers against Duke?
1: Yeah, it was a very out of character, but in a good way game for Michigan State to where they limited their turnovers, they really played a very mistake-free game for the Michigan State that we are used to watching between you and me. And, I mean, we've watched every single one of Michigan State's 38 games this season between the two of us. This was probably one of their most put-together, free-flowing games between the offense and defense and limiting turnovers. Michigan State finished today with seven turnovers compared to Duke's 17. And I think that was really the big thing.
0: Yeah, so Duke uh, rebounding Michigan State uh, by 10. I think that's, you know, a little uncharacteristic. But they, you know, that's the biggest thing about Texas. this Texas Tech game is I think Michigan State's going to want to use that rebounding, the offensive rebounding especially. Um, you know, when, when it comes to their three-point shooting, if Texas Tech stays on the outside and Michigan State can dominate the boards on both sides, I think that's what's going to lead them to victory in the Final Four.
1: I do agree with you. I think Michigan State – um, even though they got out-rebounded by Duke, like you said, by 10, I don't think that's a trend that's going to start for Michigan State. I think they'll get back into a practice situation, and Tom Izzo's going to go nuts like he does over rebounding, and it's going to drill it into these guys' head, and we're going to get into that game against Texas Tech, and we're going to rebound. I think that we're going to out-rebound Texas Tech. I think we're going to be ready for the Final Four atmosphere. Um, more than we were in 2015, I think this is a – team that you know Kenny Goins is going to be on that team is going to be leading that team he knows what happened in 2015 against Duke um, we're already past Duke at this point he knows what, what it was like to get blitzed by a team in the final four then he's not going to let that happen again I think Tom Izzo is not going to let that happen again And I think that Michigan State is going to pull this out over Texas Tech I would like to say by a four or five point margin but I would not be surprised if it's another one or two point game
0: I believe Michigan State opened as a one-point favorite in the Vegas sport books, so they think it's the same thing.
1: So, yeah, real quick, um, before we get to our national championship, we both have Michigan State advancing. Do you have the winner of UVA as Auburn, the same as me, as Virginia? Uh, yeah, I do, actually. All right, so let's go real quick on to the matchup of Michigan State versus Virginia in the national championship game, a matchup that we are both pretty su- – familiar with, having had that matchup of Michigan State-Virginia a couple times over the past few years in the tournament with Michigan State besting Virginia at all those um, opportunities. What do you think about that matchup?
0: I can't believe I'm going to say this like on air, but I actually believe that Michigan State has a very, very good chance to win a national title.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't – I and like I said before in this podcast, we are not just being – homers in this situation. Michigan State matches up very well with Virginia, and if that is the matchup that they end up getting in the national championship game, and with that being Tom Izzo's chance at a second national championship, I would not be surprised if Michigan State comes out gunning in that game and just blitzes Virginia and wins handily or by a little, but I would take Michigan State in that matchup. What about you, Jake? Yeah, I mean, it's
0: been... You know, like you said, it's been a rough couple of years for Tony Bennett and Virginia against Tom Izzo and Michigan State in the tournament. It seems like we've always ended up winning that game. Uh, I personally, I, I see the same thing happening this year. I don't know. I feel like if Michigan State gets to that title game, especially that would be the what the third time under Izzo he's been in the title game.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: Uh, yeah, third time. I, I I don't think they're gonna let it slip away. Uh, Virginia is, you know, back here, getting since 1984 back here. You know, Michigan State's kind of had their shot at this. And without, you know, a scary foe, just, you know, by reputation like North Carolina or Kentucky or Duke or Kansas waiting for you in the Final Four or in the championship matchup, I feel like it might add a little bit of confidence to them as well. Uh, it, it might it might help out the the Spartans to know, hey, we are – the most storied people around here and let's see what happens. But uh, in this game particularly, I think that Michigan State's speed and their fast break game is, can, can just completely outrun and obliterate Virginia's slow-it-down and defense-first type of deal. I mean, like you said, Virginia has a very, very good defense. I mean, no matter what happens, uh, you're going to see two very good defenses for uh, the final four games for the Spartans if they are to make it through. Uh, but you know, I I just I have a feeling now. I can't I can't quite shake it. I don't know what it is.
1: No, I agree with you. If Michigan State ends up beating Texas Tech, advances to Virginia in the national championship game, I would go with Michigan State, even if I wasn't a Michigan State graduate. Just based off the fact of history, one Michigan State has beaten Virginia the past few times they've met, with Izzo versus Tony Bennett. Two, Virginia plays a game that Michigan State wants its opponents to play. They kind of slow it down, work around the perimeter, go inside and meet Michigan State's bigs on the inside. And then Virginia plays kind of a pack line defense, which is very well noted around the country. They kind of pack it all in. And Michigan State kind of wants that out of teams that they play against because we are a very good three-point shooting team between Cassius Winston Matt McQuaid, uh, Gabe Brown coming off of the bench right now. Kenny Goins. Kenny Goins. Aaron Henry is starting to get his three-point shot figured out more and more. And I think Xavier
0: Tillman made another one today.
1: Xavier Tillman, I think, made two today. One from the corner. Or, I'm yeah. sorry. One today. One from the corner against LSU the other day. One from the top yeah. of the key against Duke today. Um, there was a story that came out that Xavier has worked on his three-point shot all summer but just hasn't had a chance to really let it fly this season, which if I'm looking at Michigan State's opponents coming up next year, I'm freaking out, um, honestly, because if Xavier Tillman ends up shooting threes, but I digress. Honestly, against the Virginia and the National Championship game, I think Michigan State wins on three-point shooting and their ability to make Virginia uncomfortable on the offensive end of the uh, court. Jake?
0: I I, I agree, and I can't. I can't believe it, but I think. I think I have to say that I think Michigan State is going to win, and uh, I'm I'm going to try and get my butt to Minneapolis to watch it.
1: Aren't we all? I would love to. I'm a, I'm like I told you earlier today. I'm trying to figure it out, and if I can, I will join you there. We're gonna we're gonna try and work it out.
0: We're well, we're gonna start a uh, GoFundMe for Just saying Sports. <laughs> uh we're going to try, try and get some press passes so we can get down there and uh, cover the game for you guys, our lovely listeners. Uh, <laughs> and that way uh, we, have, we have a reason to go and it's not just for pleasure.
1: All right, folks. So we are going to switch over real quick from the Final Four talk to a little bit of baseball talk. Um, opening day just commenced a few days ago. So we are going to real quick run through all of the divisions in the NL and the AL and give you our winners, and we'll keep it at that. We're going to give you a MLB preview, an MLB-only show coming up within the next few weeks. So we want to save a lot of our predictions for that. We're going to run through real quick through the American League and National League. So we're going to start with the American League East, Jake, and we're going to run – Real quick, through who do you think your winner is? Tampa Bay, Baltimore, Toronto, the Yankees, in Boston. I mean, got?
0: Boston hasn't started the you know first series of the year really hot, but I still think that they're by far uh, the favorite uh, to win this division. I mean, they ran they ran away with it uh, at the end of the year last year when we you know I picked the Yankees from day one last year to win it all. Um, I mean, the Yankees have only gotten better with experience. Uh, but, I mean, the Red Sox, I feel like this is their division to win. It, you know, they keep falling a little bit short in the playoffs. Uh, but I think that they, they are going to stay on top. You know, Mookie Betts, uh, Jackie Bradley Jr., uh, J.D. Martinez. I mean, their their lineup is still solid gold. Um,
1: how, and How could you say they keep falling short in the playoffs? They just won the World no, Series. Uh,
0: no, no, I know. But you know, like –
1: they had not done well in the world in the playoffs yes. the past few years outside of that World Series no, no, run they, last year, by far I, I,
0: away I, they you know they actually are making it happen now like but it has that's not the history that they had over the last ten years
1: no, I do agree outside of that little run they had within the David Ortiz. <laughs> until last year they had underperformed in the playoffs and you are exactly right but that's why I also agree with you that they're going to win the division this year I think that the Yankees there's still so much hype around the Yankees that I can't buy into it there's too much hype in my opinion with the Yankees I think Boston's just gonna plug away at the division and win it I will give you a sleeper real quick to me and it is going to be one of our first um Farm system reviews that is going to happen this baseball season, and it is the Tampa Bay Rays. I would not be surprised if the Rays are ending up in wild card detention. come playoff time, or if they end up second in the division, but out of third in the division. I mean, but outside of wild card talk, the Rays are a team to take a, a to keep an eye on, in my opinion, and we'll give you reasons why in some upcoming podcasts. But we're going to move on to the American League Central where we have the very familiar Kansas City, Minnesota, Detroit, Chi-Town, Sox, and Cleveland. Well, I hate
0: to do this. I think this is like three years in a row now. But I think the Indians are just going to run away with the Central once again. I mean, the Kansas City Royals basically lost their entire talent pool. The Tigers are obviously – very offensively inept, and I i mean, the rotation without Michael Fulmer doesn't give them any uh, any good looks. You know, Minnesota is – they're on the upswing just like Chicago is, but I, I think, you know, Cleveland, is, it's been their division for a minute and it's going to stay like that again this season.
1: I do agree with you. I think Cleveland is the easy pick for this division. I think they're the smart pick for this division – Um, I think that when you start looking at second, third, and fourth in this division, that's where it could really go anybody's way between um, Minnesota and the Sox and Kansas City. I think the Tigers are really – they're committed to this rebuild. I think they're going to finish in last. I think they're going to have a good run at the first pick in the 2021 MLB draft. But right now I think that if I had to place this division, it would go Cleveland – Minnesota, Kansas City, the Sox, and then Detroit. So moving on to the American League West, we're going to go real quick. Angels, Houston, Oakland, the Rangers, and Seattle. Right now the Seattle Mariners have a 5-1-1 record in the West, and they are in first place. Jake, how do you see this division winding up? Well, I mean,
0: them starting off 5-1, I don't think it really spells much for the rest of the season. Uh, they did get that early start playing in Japan, which I thought was really cool of the organization um, and the Oakland A's. And everybody kind of just let Ichiro Suzuki basically go play a game in Japan and then retire. Um, that that was really cool. But uh, I, I think their hot start doesn't translate all the way through the season. I think the Astros come back, take this division very easily. They're They're keeping their core of players around. Alex Bregman just re-signed the extension. Uh, you know, Jose Altuve, all George Springer, all these guys are still there, and they're all st- still big bats. Justin Verlander, they're, they're li- or their rotation hasn't gotten any worse over the last few years, and they've, they've been in contention for the World Series, what, each of the last three. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Houston stays consistent, stays on top. Um, You know the Angels just re-signed Mike Trout which I don't think we ever talked about on this podcast yet Uh, Mike Trout's incredible extension after uh, Bryce Harper and everybody after basically they broke the market he said I'm cashing in Uh, but he's locked down but I don't think
1: the Angels do anything better either yeah no we haven't talked about it yet but it's on docket for our MLB preview show which is going to be coming soon I promise you all Uh, In my opinion, I am going to take the Astros to win this division. Angels coming in second. Seattle coming in third. Um, Oakland possibly coming in third instead of Seattle in my mind. I'm just not sure about the athletics yet. We'll figure out more as the season happens. But I do think Texas is going to finish in the basement of this division. I don't see where they're going to get enough offense from. I think their farm system is a little bit behind in terms of development from where it should be so I'm going to take the Astros because like you said Verlander um, I think that lineup is just killer between Correa who's out right now with an injury but when he gets back is one of the best offensive shortstops not the best but he's in a very good range of very good offensive shortstops and very good defensive between Altuve and you add in Springer in the outfield um, Redick is a very good player. I think that the Astros have a lot of pieces that bode well. Like you said, they've made uh, World Series runs the past few years, and they're going to make one again this year in the American League. So we're going to go over real quick to the National League, and we're going to start in the National League West to work our way back East. Dodgers, San Diego, Colorado, Arizona, San Francisco, Jake. Um, I, think, I think this
0: is – it almost sounds like we did last year, but I think this is probably – one of the best divisions uh, in all of the major leagues. Uh, they, they have good teams in the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks. Um, I mean, the Padres are—they just signed like Manny Machado and are trying to kind of turn their fortunes around. Um, you know, Colorado, obviously, with Nolan Arenado and uh, their run to the uh, you know National League uh, pennant game uh, last year. That uh, you know that's tough to make a call, and uh, you know the Dodgers. Have looked very, very good at the beginning of the season. Um, you know, I guess if I, I got to make a, a solid pick now, I'm going to give it uh, probably to the Dodgers. But that's just because it seems like they always go for a pretty nice run in the middle of the season, uh, where they go a good month or so with uh, with only a few losses on on the calendar.
1: Yeah, uh, f- I'm going to go the, pretty much the same way that I went with this division last year, and I'm going to take the Colorado Rockies, and it's a lot of bias on my part. I think er- Nolan Arenado is the best player in this division in the National League West, and I think he's going to carry the Rockies to a division title. I'm probably going to be wrong, as the Rockies haven't won a division in a while, but I believe in Nolan Arenado that much. The San Diego Padres, where they are, develop me. Developmental developmentally, the Arizona Cardinals, uh, I'm sorry, Arizona Diamondbacks are not what I thought they were. Zach Rehnke has been a major pickup for them in the past few years. He has not been.
0: Well, yeah, uh, obvious, obviously you're not what they thought they were. You thought they were Cardinals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I goofed up on my major league sports there for a second, but the Diamondbacks, they are not off to a great start i think grinky is going to end up probably being traded from arizona they don't really have a great team around him the giants are the team that had the number two pick in last year's draft i don't think they're going to be much better or much worse i think they're going to be a very middle of the run team the diamondbacks like i said are not going to be great The Dodgers, I don't know what they are yet. Um, We're going to find out what they're pitching without Clayton Kershaw for a while, how they can be to start the season, which I think is going to allow the Colorado Rockies to open up with a great lead on the division and end up winning the division. Probably not, but who knows? This is the beginning of the year predictions. The National League Central, Jake, we have Milwaukee, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, the Cubs and the Cardinals of St. Louis. Who do you think wins that one?
0: Man, I'm ready to hand it to the Brewers again. Ah. Uh, I've got back under a tear. Kristen Yelich already back on a tear, and uh, I mean they—they they were the best. They were by far the best team in the division last year. The Cubs are still good, but I feel like they haven't added anything to make them better. And everybody, I feel honestly, it looks like everybody's gotten better in Milwaukee. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think Milwaukee, they have another year ahead of their developmental curve. I think when you add in Yelich, and a lot of their other pieces, they are very good. Um, the thing that scares me right now is two of their bullpen pieces, K- Knebel, and their other one is out right now, which is putting Josh Hader, who was in their setup role, their kind of middle relief role, into the closing role. So we'll see how their bullpen depth works out through the season. Cincinnati, they're going to have to try and they're gonna figure it out year with what they have. The Pirates are also in a figure it out year. Um, moving on from Andrew McCutcheon, Josh Harrison, two guys that we know have moved on to the Phillies and the Tigers, respectively. The Cubs have had a very tumultuous offseason, kind of dealing with the Addison Russell thing. Um, working on a Chris Bryant deal, which did not come to fruition, trying to figure out what they want to do. The Cardinals did add Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, and a couple other things, but they kind of weakened their organizational depth in the pitching rotation, which is something we have covered in the previous podcast, if you want to hear about that. Um, Right now, I think this division is a race between Milwaukee and St. Louis for who wins it in the end. And moving on to our last division for Major League Baseball, which is probably the most interesting division for the year. It is the National League East, which is probably one of the most interesting divisions in baseball this season I think the most interesting you have the Nationals the Marlins of Miami the New York Mets and the two most interesting teams in baseball to me the Atlanta Braves and the Philadelphia Phillies Phillies who have signed Harper McCutcheon Segura traded for Segura and the Atlanta Braves who have the best farm system arguably in major league history coming and getting a full year older how do you think this division plays out like you said, I think it's been really interesting, and you can't
0: discount, you know, the New York Mets' team. Uh, they have a great rotation. They still have some pretty good offensive weapons. Yoenis know, Cespedes is still a guy that you got to keep an eye on. Um, you go and look at Bryce Harper moving in with the Phillies. They have a decent rotation as well. Jake Arrieta leading that one up, um, and then you know we talked about it. Last year, you didn't think Atlanta was going to make, uh, you know, make any waves in the MLB probably this season, and they showed up and won the AL East la- or that last year and uh, you know, kind of surprised you in the least. You thought they still had some time to develop, uh, but then here we are. I mean, I think that the addition of Bryce Harper definitely makes the Phillies better, but I don't think it wins up uh, not in the first year at the very least. Uh, you know, We've seen Bryce Harper can even have a little bit of a negative effect. Um, on your team if he's not doing so hot uh, but either way I think it is Atlanta's division um, I actually don't think uh, the Phillies will be in the top three spots probably by the end of the year I think it'll go Atlanta, New York and then maybe uh, Philadelphia but uh, other than that I, I think it's a it's a pretty good thing because a lot of injection of new talent and you know these young guys are really making you know that NL baseball fun to watch
1: I am on the opposite end of the spectrum from you. I think that the Phillies are going to win the division, and it's not because of Bryce Harper. It's because of the pitching and their developmental – the development of the pitching staff from Philadelphia. I think that when you add in Aaron Nola being another year older, um, Teveta being another year older, you're looking at two guys who can lead that Philadelphia staff over the Atlanta staff, which is getting um, substantially younger coming into the season. Bryce Wilson and Kyle Wright um, breaking camp with the team. The Atlanta rotation is younger. I think that they are not going to repeat as division champs, but they did surprise me. Like you said, they were division champs last year. I thought they were a few years away, and they proved me wrong. But I think Philadelphia – I did not foresee the Phillies adding Bryce Harper, Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon. I didn't see that happening in my predictions I made last year. So I think the Phillies win the division this year, and that is going to wrap it up for our MLB preview right now. We're going to come back with another fuller episode at another time. Jake, anything else you want to add about the MLB the season starting?
0: Hey, it's baseball season, baby. That means the summertime is around the corner. Uh, the Tigers are probably going to suck, but uh, <laughs> it's still something to watch. Um, I actually, nice. I actually got like that MLB at bat, uh, so I can watch any game. So my summer is going to be filled so awesome with yeah, baseball it's going to really be nice.
1: awesome. Baseball is a very hectic, very fun time for a lot of fans during the summer. So that'll wrap it up for me, Jake. You got anything to add? Um, hey,
0: just because it doesn't happen all so often and uh i gotta do it when i go can. white go green yeah we uh i can't believe that michigan state made it to the final four so it's gonna be a fun week if you guys don't hear uh in the middle of that all um it is because i am in minneapolis hopefully um if not you'll hear from us anyway all right so without further ado my name is jake atnip
1: i am sean DeWire.
0: Please remember to like, share, subscribe, retweet, all that good stuff with our podcast. And uh, thank you for listening. Have a good one.